very merry Monday to you, everybody. This is uh, January 11, 2021. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. This is Bob Bro. I'm your host for the next uh, 40 minutes or so. And on Mondays, we play a comedy, an old time radio comedy, and we have a good one lined up for you this week. So, what you need to do is get over there in that big easy chair. Get your feet up, maybe get yourself a little something to drink, a little snack, and let the cares of the day drift away, because we're going to come right back with a great old-time radio comedy. Comedy Corner this week, we have an episode of the Burns and Allen Show. It was first broadcast on October the 3rd, 1946 on NBC. Burns and Allen bounced back and forth between CBS and NBC. They originally started, I think their first radio broadcast was uh, on the BBC. And if I'm not mistaken, that was way back, I think it was in 1929. They auditioned for a show on NBC. They didn't get the show. This was in 1930. Gracie made a solo appearance on Eddie Cantor's radio show. We're going to talk a little bit more about Eddie Cantor at the end of the show. Because Eddie Cantor is featured in this episode. George and Gracie were back together for an appearance on Rudy Valley's Fleischmann's Yeast Hour. And that was in the early 30s. And that drew some attention. And their success on his show led them to a regular weekly spot on the Guy Lombardo show, which was on CBS. And they were very uh, successful there. Lombardo was offered a position at NBC, and so he switched his show to the NBC network, leaving a spot open in the CBS lineup, and it was offered to George and Gracie. Original show was called The Adventures of Gracie. And it made its debut in September of 1934. And then in 1936, they changed the name of the show to the Burns and Allen Show. Now, very interesting. In 1941, their ratings started to slip. And the reason George decided was they had been playing single individuals. George was always pursuing Gracie, trying to get her out on dates and whatnot. George was the the businessman in the duo. Gracie was the one that the people loved. Uh, She was the funny one. George ended up becoming the straight man, which wasn't the way they started out. 
But George decided that they were too old to carry on this gag any longer. And so in one night, he announced to the audience that they had been married for years. They even had children. And from that point forward, they were going to play a married couple on the radio. They really did then introduce a very domestic situation comedy, which was very successful until 1950. In fact, it would have run longer except they had made the transition to television. So we've got a good one tonight from October 1946, Eddie Cantor guest stars. And the name of this one is Marrying Off Eddie Cantor's Daughter. Now, if you might remember Eddie Cantor, he and his wife, Ida, had, I think it was five daughters, and he had always wanted a son. And sadly, it was kind of a a, a joke. I wonder how the girls felt about it in real life. So anyway, that's the premise of the show tonight. And I think it's a good one. By the way, I left all the commercials in. The Burns and Allen show, much like Jack Benny and much like Fibber McGee and Molly, would incorporate commercials right into the show. And they really became sometimes almost part of the gags. For years, Maxwell House Coffee sponsored Burns and Allen. And I just thought it sounded more authentic to leave the commercials in for this one. So that's what I did. So enjoy. Here we go. Burns and Allen from 1946 with guest star Eddie Cantor. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie. You know that Maxwell House is always good to the last. Drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, our happy postman, and our guest, Eddie Cantor. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. The coffee that gives you so much more for so little more that it's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee in the world. Yes, Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Well, tonight we find George and Gracie just starting home from the neighborhood movie. How'd you like the picture, Gracie? I loved it. Mm, the way that Humphrey Bogart handles women. Bogart's loaded with sex appeal, all right. Yeah. You know, George, whenever I see him in person, he reminds me of you. He does? Uh-huh. He always says, how's George? <laughs> Bogie's my pal. How did you like Lauren Bacall? Dynamite. They're married, aren't they? Yeah, but gee, they sure didn't act like it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to talk to Bogart someday. What about? Well, a man is naturally curious to know what it's like to be married to a gorgeous, seductive siren. Well, I don't think our marriage is any of his business. <laughs> I'll quit while I'm ahead. Here comes our bus, Gracie. Oh, George, let's not take the bus. Let's walk home through the park. What for? It's late. Well, it's a lovely night, and there's a bench in a lonely spot, and we could sort of cuddle like we used to. Oh, honey, that's for a single person. No, 
know it is, and it's much more fun when there's two. <laughs> I mean, we're married people. I'd feel silly. Oh, I'll bet Humphrey Bogart walks through the park when Lauren Bacall wants him to. I'm not Humphrey Bogart. Well, what's the difference? You're both men. You're both flesh and blood. Just happens that you've got the flesh and he's got the blood. <laughs> Forget it. Oh, please, George, let's walk through the park. I want you to be romantic, like Humphrey Bogart. Every time I take you to a picture, you want me to act like the hero. Wish I'd seen a lassie picture. So do I Then you'd love to walk through the park Well, I can see I'll never get home unless I do Let's go Remember how we used to walk along here when you were courting me? That's right You were a devil in those days, George I guess I was. Right over there's the bench where we sat the first time you kissed me. Oh, yeah. I wonder if the wood is still scorched. <laughs> I scorched the wood when I kissed you, huh? Well, sure, you had to lay your cigar down. <laughs> yes, always a gentleman. Hey, look, there's a bum asleep on our bench. <sighs> oh, this bench is hard. Light here is pretty dim, but... I think it's Eddie Cantor. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Do you think this bum is the king of show business, the greatest comedian alive today, the man who makes millions laugh? No, I think this bum is Eddie Cantor. <laughs> Look, George, I'll prove that you're wrong. I'll bend down real close to him and pretend that I'm a nurse. A nurse? Yeah, listen. It's another girl, Mr. Cantor. Oh, no, not that! No! <laughs> George! No. You were right, it's Eddie. Why, it's George and Grace. Oh, Eddie, thank goodness we found you. We won't let them put you in the poorhouse. But, Gracie, I don't oh, want you to... Oh, show business is so cruel. To think after all these years they fired you from the Harry Von Zell program. <laughs> Gracie, let me explain. It's nothing to be ashamed of, Eddie. It could happen to me. It could. It should. <laughs> I'm not down and out, George. I'm in trouble, but not that kind of trouble. Well, what kind of trouble are you in? My house is full of women. What, well, Eddie Cantor at your age. <laughs> you see, they're my daughters, honey. They're my five daughters. I'm sleeping on a bench because there's no room for me in my own home. But uh, I thought most of your daughters were married and had their own places. They did, they did. But they got caught where the housing was short. They lost their leases and moved back in with me. Families and all. They're oh, all how sweet. You know the old saying, uh, chickens come home to roost. Yeah. So when I was young, I had to be in the wholesale poultry business. Let's <laughs> see what you mean, Eddie. Your place, your place must have been packed. Packed? Packed, he says. I've seen fewer relatives on a studio payroll. Well, we won't let you stay here. Meredith Wilson lives next door to us, and he has a spare bed. I know he'd take you in. That sounds wonderful, Gracie. Of course... Of course, I'll lose the $500 bonus I paid for this park bench. Well, uh, you see, Meredith lives alone. He's so bashful, he's never proposed to a girl. Hey, 
I've got an idea that'll solve this housing shortage of yours permanently. You have? Well, sure. Marry one of your single daughters to Meredith Wilson. She'll move in with him, and you can move back into your own home. Now, just a minute. As much as I want to go back home, I can't let my little girl marry just anyone. You don't do those things. I have to know all about this Meredith Wilson. Where is he from? What does he do? What's his background? What does he look like? How old is he? Well, he's a man about... That's enough. He'll do. (laughs) Yeah, she's bound to be happy with a man around. Well, then it's all settled, Eddie. Tomorrow, your daughter marries Meredith Wilson, and you have a place to live. Gee, I... I hate to think of losing my daughter to that Wilson. You do, Eddie? Yeah. Now he'll get that pound of hamburger in her hope chest. Well, come on, Eddie. Let's go see Meredith right now. All right. Uh, Meredith, I hate to wake you up so late, but I have an important question to ask you. Well, that's all right, Gracie. What's the question? Would you still like to get married? I certainly would. We'll meet Eddie Cantor. Gee, I sort of planned on a woman. (laughs) Oh, fine. This I should have in my family. Oh, no, Meredith. We thought one of his single daughters might be just the girl for you. He'll stay with you tonight and tell you all about her. Oh, I'd like to hear about her. You will, son. You will. Yes, And And tomorrow we'll arrange a meeting. We love you, Meredith, and we're tired of people referring to you as that dope who can't get a wife. Yeah. You'll make as good a husband as any other dope. <laughs> you know, Meredith, comes the World Series every year. They ought to declare a national holiday or something. Well, you won't find me disagreeing, Bill. Baseball being our national game, it seems only logical. Of course, anybody who can get to the World Series just naturally takes a holiday anyway. And who's to blame them, Meredith? Who's to blame them? The color and excitement of the annual baseball classic has hearts beating faster from the sidewalks of Boston and St. Louis to the shores of Timbuktu. And the final score will be told and retold for endless years to come. Yes, the World Series really is a unique and thrilling part of the American scene. And that brings to mind how truly... Maxwell House Coffee has come to be a part of the American scene, too. For just as baseball is this country's national game, so is coffee America's national drink. And it's a fact that more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House Coffee than any other brand at any price. Northeast, south, and west, it's Maxwell House wherever you go. Flavor tells this popularity story, of course, the rich, vigorous Maxwell House flavor that results from the masterful blending of these premium Latin American coffees. Manizales for mellowness. Medellins for richness. Other choice coffees for vigor. And Bucaramangas for full body. All of which means great coffee at its flavor peak. Starting now, why not enjoy the best in coffee-drinking pleasure? It's yours for just a fraction of a penny more than you'd pay for the cheapest coffee sold. Simply say, Maxwell House. The coffee that's always good to the last drop. 
know, George, I could hardly sleep last night. I was so excited about Meredith Wilson marrying Eddie Cantor's daughter. It'll certainly solve the housing shortage at Eddie's place. When his daughter moves in with Meredith, Eddie won't have to sleep on a park bench anymore. Yes. You know, George, I think I'll tell Governor Warren that we've hit on the solution to the California housing shortage. More marriages. California people need houses, all right. You bet. Of course, a lot of them move over into Arizona during the rainy season. California people? No, houses. <laughs> oh, hey, look. Here comes Eddie. I wonder how he feels after spending a night with Meredith. Iowa, what a beautiful name. When... Oh, good morning, Gracie. Hello, George. Oh, hello, Eddie. Well, Eddie, uh, what do you think of Meredith? Oh, that bashful musician. He's so shy he wouldn't even talk about getting married. All he did was talk about Iowa and play the flute? What is that? Oh, well, oh, you should have brought up the subject of your daughter. I did. I said, Meredith, my boy, you and my daughter will make a great combination. What did he say? He said, I'm sure we will. What instrument does she play? <laughs> to think I'm losing my daughter to such a man. Oh, well, Eddie, don't feel that you're losing a daughter. Feel that you're gaining a son. I'd rather feel that I'm losing a daughter. <laughs> You know, seriously, I think my daughter Marilyn is the only girl in the world who could be happy with Meredith. She loves music. Oh, well, that's nice. Yes, I think they might be perfectly made it. I'll call Marilyn and tell her the good news, huh? Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, Eddie, when she marries Meredith, you get her bed. George, I'm thinking first of my daughter's happiness. The bed for me is... Hello? Oh, it's you, Marilyn. Good. Listen, honey. Daddy has wonderful news for you, yes? But first... That bed you're sleeping in, is that comfortable? <laughs> Not as comfortable as Janet's? Put Janet on. <laughs> Janet can learn to like music. She oh, already sure, took up the sure, harmonica, sure. sure. <clears throat> well, if Ida's bed is more comfortable than Janet's, you've got a problem on your hands. <laughs> Hello, Janet? Listen, honey. Daddy has a man for you. Isn't that wonderful? What do you care what he looks like? He's got everything a woman could ask for. He's got a house. <laughs> These teenage girls are so silly. Aren't we, though? <laughs> no, Janet, he's not too bright. No, he's not especially good-looking. To be honest, he's a sort of a jerk. <laughs> You'll consider it? It was good enough for your mother, it's good enough for you? <laughs> Thank you, Janet. I'll, I'll call you later. Well, it's practically set. Now all you have to do is get Meredith over a shyness long enough to propose. Well, a romantic setting might do it. And fortunately, right in this room, we have the world's most romantic singer. That's right. Oh, put your arms around me. Oh, honey. no, no, Eddie. I, I oh. didn't mean you. I meant my husband, Sugarthroat. <laughs> Sugarthroat? Yes. They say that falling in love is... Wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. So they say. Oh, that'll make Meredith propose. Yeah, a thing like that can replace the shotgun. <laughs> well, anyway, if we give Meredith just. Hello, all. Oh, well, come right in, Meredith. Uh, Mr. Catter just spoke to your future wife, and by tonight you'll be a married man. Gee, that's wonderful. Me, a husband? Mm -hmm. When will your daughter propose, Mr. Cantor? <laughs> you got this... Uh, she proposed... No, no, no. You propose. The man proposes. Oh, no. I, I couldn't discuss anything that intimate with a woman. <laughs> what did I tell you? I just get too embarrassed. 
During the war, when they had women clerks in the clothing stores, I had a terrible time. You did? Until Japan surrendered, I went without underwear. <laughs> this boy is dynamite. Oh, we better forget about me getting married. I'll, I'll just go on with my career. Oh, but Meredith, that can't replace marriage. On a cold night, you can't warm your feet on your career. <laughs> well, I'm just too bashful, Gracie. All you need is a All you need is a little advice. Now listen, son. Yes, Dad. <laughs> Never mind the dad. I'll explain all about getting married right from the beginning. First, the man and the woman go down to the city hall. They take out a marriage license and the man pays for it. He does? George! <laughs> Paid you back later. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. After they've got the license, the man and woman go to a jewelry store and pick out a wedding ring, which the man also pays for. He does? George! <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> now, Meredith, next comes the wedding ceremony. You stand up in front of a preacher, he pronounces the proper words, and then you kiss. Even if he's a complete stranger? <laughs> Kiss the bride. Oh. Now you're man and wife. You go home, and the groom carries the bride across the threshold. He does? Sure. <laughs> you were carried across. Well, sure, but my mother did it. <laughs> well, son, those are the first steps. After they're married, the man and woman settle down. The woman gives the orders, and the wife obeys. She does? Gracie! Well, so much for matrimony. I thought so. Uh, run along home now, Meredith, and wait for your bride. Goodbye, all. Oh, Eddie, aren't they sweet together? Your daughter and your future son-in-law. Don't move or they'll know we're watching them through the window. So far, there hasn't been much to watch, has there? Well, he needs a little time to woo her. Woo her? A fine wooing. For 15 minutes, he's been playing on his flute. Well, I, I know, but he's getting bolder. The last chorus of Mother McCree was pretty hot. Oh, yes. He's a ball of fire. Hey, now we're getting somewhere. Janet took the flute away from him. Oh, yes, she's reaching for his hand. Yeah. I wonder if he'll let her hold it. No, no, he's a little shy. A little shy. He's hiding under the table. Now she's coaxing him out. Had a girl, Janet. Stay in there and fight, kid. Oh, he's in the open. She's getting closer to him. She's reaching for his hand. She touches it. Whoops! Under the table again. <laughs> he spends more time under the table than W.C. Fields. Look. This time he came out all by himself without being coaxed. What a man. My goodness, now he's making advances. He's reaching his hand out. Yeah, he's getting his nerve up. He makes a grab. Oh, darn it, he grabbed the flute. <laughs> this I can't stand. Oh, but Janet isn't giving up. She's moving in on him. She's backing him toward the sofa. Corner him, kid. Corner him, remember she, your mother. She did it, Eddie. <laughs> They're both sitting on the sofa. But now we can't see them. The back of the sofa's to the window. Oh, Donna, and I wanted to see him propose. Wait, Gracie. We can't see it, but we can hear it if I open the window. Oh, good. Open it wide and we'll listen as Meredith asks your daughter to be his bride. Shh. Listen. Oh, 
fine music with Meredith Wilson if you were the only girl. you come out, Eddie? Did Meredith propose? No. Janet finally had to propose. But they're getting married this afternoon, and my housing problem is now solved. Oh, yes. Janet will move in with Meredith. Eddie will move into Janet's room and won't have to sleep on the park bench anymore. Good. Oh, I'm glad I sent that telegram to Governor Warren. He'll be interested in the way I solve this housing problem. Could uh, I speak to someone for a moment, please? Well, there he is, my boy. <laughs> my flute-playing son-in-law. <laughs> Hello, Dad. I'm uh, afraid I have a problem. Problem? Look, if it's Petrillo, tell him all your kids will join the musicians' union. <laughs> well, no, it isn't that. You see, my brother Cedric and his wife just flew in from Mason City, Iowa for the wedding, and uh, they've got no place to stay. Oh, yes, I called them last night and told them that you were getting married. But uh, this is no problem. They'll stay at your house, and you and Janet will take Janet's room, and Eddie... Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm back on the park bench. I'm a bum again. <laughs> How about taking our couch, Eddie? Anything is better than the park bench. It wouldn't be so lonesome if the bench was in Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah. Then I'll be out in the cold with DeRocha and the rest of them bums. <laughs> well, it's all settled, then. Eddie takes the couch. Hey, I just heard that Meredith's getting married to Eddie Canner's daughter. That's right, Bill. Well, I dropped in to shake hands with the happiest guy in town. Put her there, Mr. Cantor. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Bill, I'll bet you wish some girl would marry you. Are you kidding, Gracie? I've got girls sitting at home tearing their hair out waiting to marry me. Well, why don't you marry one of them? Who wants to marry a bald-headed dame? <laughs> Meredith, congratulations. Thanks, Bill. 
If you want to know something, I really envy you, kid. I do. Just wait till that night of nights when you pace the floor in the hospital. What a thrill when the nurse comes rushing out and says, Mr. Wilson, it's a cup of Maxwell House coffee. <laughs> huh? Well, those nurses are mighty understanding. They know that nothing hits the spot like a cup of Maxwell House. It's the very best in coffee-drinking pleasure, yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee sold. Well, Bill, did I have a boy or a girl? Well, you don't know yet, but now the doctor comes rushing out. What does he say? He says, hey, I smelled that Maxwell House coffee. How about a cup? <laughs> you see, Meredith, the careful selection and blending of choice Latin American coffees plus radiant roasting give Maxwell House that famous flavor. So naturally, the doctor wants some. But Bill, the baby, the baby, what about the baby? Well, when he grows up, he can enjoy Maxwell House, too. <laughs> it's so wonderful that it's bought by more people than any other brand at any price. So insist on Maxwell House always good to the last drop. Bill, you gotta tell me, was the baby a boy or a girl? A girl. Gee, I wanted all my kids to be boys. What, and have Cantor shoot himself? <laughs> well, so long, everyone. Oh, by the way, I invited the sponsor and his wife to the wedding. They couldn't find a hotel room, so I told them they could stay with you, Gracie. Goodbye. More people to find room for? Now what do we do? Oh, well, don't worry, George. It's really very simple. The sponsor and his wife will take Meredith's house. Meredith's brother and his wife will sleep on our couch. Both of them on one couch? Well, Iowa people are very friendly. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, they're friends, yes, pals. Yeah, so they'll take the couch. Meredith and Janet will take Janet's room, and Eddie will... Not the bench again. Oh, I'm afraid so. Wait a minute. If I change the combinations, everything will work out fine. You sure? Oh, it's very simple, George. Meredith and his bride will take our bedroom. The sponsor will take our couch. By himself? By himself. Of course. You and Meredith's brother will stay at Meredith's house. The sponsor's wife and Meredith's brother's wife will stay in Janet's room. And Eddie will... I know, I know. Look, I'm getting splinters sliding on and off that bench. <laughs> Gracie, where do you sleep? Oh, my goodness, I'm out too. Find your own bench. <laughs> well, now, if I can just find a woman who lives alone for me to stay with... Let's see now, who do I... Excuse me, I'll get it. Good afternoon, Missy Burns. Here's your mail. Oh, Mr. Postman, uh, would you do me a great big favor? What is it? Well, would, uh, would you mind leaving your wife just for one night? <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you feel that way. I'd like to spend the night with her because there's a pile-up of people here. You see, Meredith Wilson is getting married. Oh, he's so young to suffer. <laughs> Don't let him do it. Oh, he's marrying a very nice girl, Eddie Cantor's youngest daughter. Really? Yes. Meredith is getting the fifth. Well, if he's smart, he'll drink every drop of it. <laughs> well, I hope you spend a quiet night with my wife. Goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. <laughs> Well, I found a place to stay. The postman is moving out of his house tonight so I can stay with his wife. Where does the postman sleep? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. 
Oh, well, it's very simple. Yes, it's simple. Yeah, yes. we'll just double up a little. George and the sponsor will share the couch. <laughs> the sponsor's wife and Meredith's brother's wife will take our room. Meredith and his bride will move back into his house. The postman and Meredith's brother will take Janet's room. I'll stay with the postman's wife, and Eddie will... Uh... Just a little more time on the bench, and I'm eligible for the Supreme Court. <laughs> Hello? Who? Oh, Governor Ward? Oh, you are. Oh, well, don't worry. We'll take care of you. Goodbye, your governorship. That was the governor? Oh, yes. Uh, he and his wife came down to study my housing plan, and they can't find a place to stay, but I told them that we'd take care of them. <laughs> How? Well, it's really very simple. The governor and his wife... Wait a minute, Gracie. Uh, to save time, let's take it from the other end. Eddie's on the bench. Now take it from there. Well, you're, you're wrong, Eddie. I'll work it out so no one is on the bench. Now listen. The sponsor and his wife will take our couch. The governor's wife and Meredith's brother's wife will stay at the postman's wife. Meredith's brother will stay with the... This bench is hard. Please, Mr. Cantor, lie still. You've kicked me off the bench three times now. Please, fellas, let's have a little quiet in the park. Hey, will you pipe down? Yeah, the governor's trying to get some sleep. <laughs> Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Well, your plan fell through, Gracie. Meredith and Eddie's daughter decided not to get married. Yes, Meredith is going ahead with his career, though. Tomorrow night, he starts his own radio program. Well, it's just as well. A man that bashful should never get married. Yeah, you're right. He'd probably have 15 or 16 bashful children. Good night. Get bird's eye. Get bird's eye peas. They're delicious. Actually as tender and dewy fresh as peas right out of the garden. A big work saver, too. They're all ready to cook. And so thrifty. One box serves four people. Equals two pounds of peas in the pod. There's plenty in the stores. So get bird's eye peas tomorrow. And remember... It can't be the same if it ain't got that name. Get bird's eye, bird's eye frosted food. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. That was the Burns and Allen Show from October the 3rd, 1946. And the name of that episode was Marrying Off Eddie Cantor's Daughter. Eddie Cantor was uh, a vaudevillian. He was born in 1892 in New York City. His, he was born Isidore Itzkowitz. He was uh, of Russian-Jewish descent. He was all kinds of a performer. He was a comedian. 
He was a dancer. He was a singer. He was an actor. He was a songwriter. He was actually the second president of the Screen Actors Guild. So he started off back in uh, New York in saloons and then went to vaudeville. And from there, he went to Broadway. And then from there, he went into radio and also uh, records, making recordings. And from that, he went into film and then eventually into television. So he had a long and distinguished career. He was married to Ida until her death in 1962. So they were married 55 years when she died. And then he followed her in death two years later in 1964. Eddie Cantor. And just like that, we're Wrapping up Monday, January the 11th, 2011. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll have more Burns and Allen in the weeks ahead. It's uh, It really was uh, a very, very popular radio show. And it was in the late 40s, I think, that it really hit its stride with Maxwell House as the, as the sponsor. In fact, going out tonight, we're going to do a song by the High Lows entitled The Love Nest. See if you recognize where you have heard this before. We'll be back tomorrow with a drama, everybody. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me.
rest of all room, dream room for two. With a gilded dome Is a love nest You can call Symphonic touch I just put in I just ran across the keys. There's that Don Cadigan. There's an empty space here. I don't know what to do. Let's go home. 